Discourse 17, 6th of July 2001. Submission and witnessing. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Allah says that He will forgive us anything except shirk. He will forgive your murder, your adultery, your abuse of money, and your theft. He will forgive you all of these things except for your claim to partnership with Him. On the basis of this, most people, whether they are Muslim or Kafir, are worse than the lowest murderers because most people spend their lives making things other than Allah significant. Most of us have an idea of wanting to succeed at this project of our lives and we define the success as being based on something that we do. We view success as an achievement. It is the outcome of doing all the right things. It is based on manipulating a set of events that will have an outcome beneficial to ourselves. This illusion that you can manipulate a set of events to gain a beneficial outcome for yourself is a claiming of the capacity to manage the affair, which is an aspect of shirk. If there is only one actor, then you are not the actor, you are the witness. Fundamentally, Allah did not make you to act, He made you to witness. He made you to witness that He is in charge. Allah says that the only reason why He made existence is because He loved to be known. He did not create existence so that we can build madrasas and masjids and have intelligent discussions about the deen, about energy fields, or about how to heal the human condition. This is all just shadow show. It is play. All of these activities are ways of dancing with a great choreographer, the great scriptwriter of all things. If they are not seen in this light, they are shirk. Allah also says that there is nothing he loves more than the tawbah of a sinner, of somebody who has transgressed. A person who has transgressed and recognizes that he has transgressed is at the point of giving up. He is saying, I've messed it up, I took charge and now look what I've done. Just look at what this life of mine has turned into. It is a mess. That is the station in which Allah wants us. That person is in a higher state than the so-called pious person who has laid up his little account for Akhirah because he has done his Salah five times a day and he has averted his eyes from the pretty girl and he has done all of these good things. To do this is to presume that you are able to be of benefit to yourself. There is no benefit from any source other than him. Action is by its intention. When action is founded on an investment in the huris of Jannat, then it is not an unconditional action. It is not the action of one who is in awe and worshipful. It is the action of a merchant or a trader. In reality, we cannot be of benefit to ourselves. One of the implications of this is the miracle that Allah consistently calls forth blessing from our failure. Allah will turn even the worst and ugliest things about your life into a blessing. Allah is the great transformer. He is the great miracle maker. He made the whole universe from nothing. He makes something from emptiness. He makes blessing from curse. He can turn the one thing into another. He is the transformer. This is one of the significances of istighfar. Istighfar means that by disavowing, by handing over, by saying, cover me, I've messed up, you take over, cover me, take charge. By you saying that, the conditions are created whereby he transforms the ill into a blessing. I've mentioned here before that one of the most extraordinary people that I've ever met was Imam Khafiling, the Imam of the Bosmont Mosque. He had the unenviable task of being the only Muslim cleric who was prepared to serve as a chaplain in the days of apartheid to Muslim executions. He would work with the individual before their execution. He would walk with them on that last walk to the trapdoor. 
who would stand with the men as they fell through the hole. He told me that what he found most remarkable about all of these men is that it didn't matter how evil the man was and what he was being executed for, and some of these individuals were guilty of the most staggering crimes. On that last walk, in those last five minutes, they all became meek as lambs. They would turn to their jailers and the people around them and thank them. They displayed only the highest courtesy in their final minutes. You see, if you know the proximity of death, if you are looking it straight in the eye, you cannot be self-important. You can only be in your rightful place, which is to be meek, kind and merciful, to be gentle with the people around you. That is giving up, that is handing over, and that is submission, Islam. That giving up turns the crime that led him down the passage towards the execution chamber into part of his blessing. He would not have had that moment of conscious and deliberate handing over if he had not committed that horrendous crime that had brought him to that place. So the blessing is precisely that set of events that took place. The murder and the mayhem that he had caused was part of the opening of the gates of Janot Fame. So who's to judge? Who are we to judge people? Who's to say that the very worst thing that you have done in your life is not going to turn out to be the biggest opening for you? To be the opening of your biggest blessing? Who's to say that the most holy thing that you've done in your, in your life is not going to turn out to be the biggest millstone around your neck, which will drag you into the deepest pit of Jahannam, because it was done as a self-conscious and presumptuous act of piety? You are not to say... Allah tells us in a hadith, al-Qudsi, that you can behave your entire life like a person from the garden. You can do all good acts, and in the last five minutes of your life, you can behave like a person from the fire, and you will go to the fire. Subhanallah. And then he said you can behave your entire life like a person from the fire, and in the last moments, you can behave like a person from the garden, and then you will go to the garden. This is Allah's transformative capacity. That transformative capacity is based on the most subtle thing in your core, which is, do you or do you not accept that Allah is in charge? If you accept that He is in charge within your deepest core, and you take your hands off the steering wheel of your life, He will turn everything into blessing, the good and the bad. If you try to put your own hands on the steering wheel of this life of yours, and try to take charge, He will turn everything about you into a curse, the good and the bad. So you are indeed blessed to live in a theater of miracles, where that which is terrible becomes that which is wonderful, and that which your ego pursues as wonderful becomes terrible. Subhanallah. This is part of what Sheikh Ali al-Jamal means when he says the meaning of a thing is hidden in its opposite. I had the most intriguing discussion with Sheikh Fadallah a couple of weeks ago. We were driving in a car when he said, you know, you have to accept everything on face value. You have to accept that it all is all from Allah and do not judge it. You have to be open. Believe everything. I replied, yes, 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 Sheikh Fadallah, as if I understood. At least I thought I understood. We were driving on for a little while and then he said, no, 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 no. You must believe nothing. He had said exactly the opposite. But life is exactly like that. Do not be presumptuous. Do not be presumptuous. Accept absolutely everything at face value. Accept absolutely nothing at face value. Know that the thing is always more than it appears to be. Nothing is as it seems. Everything is bigger than it presents itself as being. Every single thing. Every moment which Allah gives you has in it the potential that is bigger than you can calculate, see, or apprehend. It appears to be just another moment, but it is a coming together of the miraculous. If you accept that this is the case, 
which by his rahmat, he will turn that which is in front of you into something stupendous, it will become something stupendous. As Sheikh Fadlallah says, you will be amazed, you'll be amazed, you'll be amazed. Every moment will be astonishing. If you appraise the moment in front of you on the basis of narrow-mindedness and on the basis of your presumptions of what you think it is all about, then all you'll have is appearance. You will not have the depth behind it. You will not have any other possibility. Then you will only see your assumption of it. Allah says he is his slave's expectation of him. So he presents to you your expectation. A key survival skill to cultivate in our time is to be like a frightened child in the company of its mother. A timid child that when you stray a little bit from Allah, you very quickly run back, clinging on and saying, I don't understand. This is too big for me. I'm frightened. You take over. I cannot. I'm not in charge of it. The more you do that, the more you will see things open up, which will leave you silent and speechless with awe. This status of being silent and speechless with awe is the reason we were created in the first place. This is the only reason we have been made. It is to cotton on to and experience that moment of awe. Anything but that moment is a waste of your time. Anything less than awe is not doing with your life what it's been designed to do. You do not use a rifle to dig a hole. You do not use a knife to chisel into concrete. You do not use a pair of knitting needles to cook a piece of meat. Use the right thing for its right purpose. You, as the pinnacle of creation, have been created for one reason only, and that reason is to be astonished at the creator of this creation. It is the only reason why you have been made. Everything that you do, other than that, is a misapplication of your life and is self-destructive. So all the projects are fine when they are dealt with in play. That goes for all your projects, your business, your family, the struggle for Africa, anything. All the nonsense that has happened up to this moment was just writing of the preface of the book of your life. None of these things are worthwhile engaging in if you're going to lose yourself in the process. They're only worthwhile engaging in if there are means you use in order to see Allah at work. You can work like that. You can take on any task or any activity from the point of view of being able to see how Allah makes creation and puts it all together in order for you to witness. You can take on any task from the point of view of emptying yourself so that you become his vessel. When you achieve this, it is no longer you who are acting, it is him acting. You can dance like that, you can sing like that, you can write a poem like that, you can conduct business like that, you can sail a boat like that, you can slaughter a cow like that. From one point of view, the blessing of the sunnah is to provide us with a technology whereby we can do this in our day-to-day lives, whereby our day-to-day lives can be a consistent handing over and giving up to Allah. Every single activity is engaged deliberately from the point of view of giving up, of being Muslim, of submitting. How you eat your food, how you brush your teeth, how you deport yourself in the toilet, how you deal with your spouse, all of these things are opportunities to submit and witness. The reason why the sunnah is there is to show us that we can be submitting beings in this world without losing our connection to it. May Allah make us people of submission. May Allah make us people of kindness. May Allah cure our rancor. May Allah relieve us of the illusions that we can do better for ourselves than what He can do for us. May Allah grant us nearness to Him. May Allah grant us annihilation in Him. May Allah grant us death before we die. Alhamdulillah.